praise and we give you the glory. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. You are perfect in all of your ways. Perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. You are perfect in all of your ways. Perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. You are perfect. You are perfect in all of your ways. Perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Come on, say it one more time. You are. You are perfect in all of your ways, perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Father, we love you today, and we thank you. We thank you for the risen Savior. Thank you for Jesus Christ, who's no longer on the cross no longer in the grave. Father, we thank you for the finished work of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that the grace and the favor of God rest over us today. Father, we pray for our church. We pray for every member. We pray for families. We pray for marriages. We pray for blended families. We pray for single families. Father, Father, we just thank you right now in Jesus' name. We pray for our children. We pray for our teens, oh God. We pray for our toddlers, our young adults. We pray for our seniors. Father, we just thank you that the word of God has already been blessed. And so, Father, we thank you that as we prepare to feed today, as we prepare to feed the sheep, the word of God today, we thank you that the word will be taught with clarity, precision, and great understanding. So, Father God, we love you and we bless you and we just magnify you. We, we give you praise in this place today, oh God. And so, Father, we thank you and we honor you. Welcome to the Rock Church. It's the place where your life matters, Jesus matters, and worship matters all the time. It's our desire to create relevant moments where broken and hurting people are restored back to their rightful place. We are the Rock Church. We're still standing. I pray that each and every one of you had a great resurrection weekend as we prepare for this next season, the season of manifestation. We're days away. Come on now. We're preparing for the sound of Pentecost. We're preparing for the birthday of the church. We're preparing and we're in this season where I believe that it's time for us to prepare to do the work to do the work of the kingdom. That means winning souls. That means discipling. That means imparting and teaching people the gospel of Jesus Christ, how to live for Christ, how to give for Christ. Come on now. How to do for Christ, how to be a reflection of Christ. We're in that season, and so we're just so excited as we come to this fourth installment 
of our series, Born to Die, The Journey to Calvary. I pray that each and every one of you have enjoyed this series as we've talked about the journey to Calvary. We've talked about Jesus' journey. Today we just simply want to end this out talking about the finisher, the finisher, the finisher. As we, as we prepare, I want you to see this video in a few moments, but I just want to read you this scripture real quick here if I can. Coming out of John chapter 19, I really want you to see this starting at verse number 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished, to fulfill the scripture, he said, I am thirsty. Verse 29 says, and a jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of sour wine upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. Verse number 30. And therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Again, we want to talk about today the finisher. The finisher. I want you to see this here and just enjoy it and we'll be back soon. This can never be played or has ever played the game. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. That was the final series in 1998 where Utah was preparing to take this game to the next game, a game seven. But how many of you know that finishing is an attitude that is not often duplicated? Although we have the grace to win, not many possess the will and the mindset to finish with the ball in their hands. I want to talk about today our topic, the finisher. The finisher. And after this, Jesus knowing that all things had already been accomplished to fulfill the scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of sour wine upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. Verse number 30 in chapter 19 of John and therefore, Jesus, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the spirit. Let the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thine sight, O Lord. It is our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. I want to say that again. Finishing is an attitude that is not often duplicated. Although we have, we all have the grace to win, not many, I want to say that again, not many possess the will and the mindset to finish with the ball in their hands. I, remember, I want you to think about that. We all knew at that point that there was only going to be one person that was going to have the ball in their hands, and that was Michael Jordan. His team knew you would often hear Scottie Pippen say, hey, get out of his way, give him the ball, and just get out of his way. 
give him the ball and get out of his way. Nothing was going to stop him from taking that last shot. Nothing was going to stop him from sinking those two free throws. Nothing was going to stop him from getting to the hole and making the layup. Nothing was going to stop. And we can see the the, the, the pose that he does, and he's rarely done that throughout his career, but he knew that that was the final shot because he stood there and he just stood and he just said, game. <laughs> That's game. We all knew that when he stole that ball and he's coming down the court, nobody was going to get a pass. They weren't going to do anything else to try to distract someone. He was going to take the last shot. I, I just want to just dwell here today. And I simply just want to talk about these two areas that Jesus did on the cross. Again, I, I, I want to reiterate that Jesus is living today. He's no longer in the ground. He's no longer on a cross. He's no longer suffering. But Jesus is now living and he's now preparing, hallelujah, to show himself to the disciples. He's on his way and he's moving into that. And so as we move into this season of Pentecost, I'm really praying and believing that we're going to begin to see the power of manifestation begin to happen in and through our lives, that the move of God is going to take place in the presence as we're here. The move of God is going to be sound and concrete in our lives, but it's going to take us to show up. It's going to take us to wait on that move of God. But I simply want to talk about these two areas that are so important in how Jesus finishes his assignment, how he pleases his father in the last moments of his life. Jesus had already been on the cross for some time. He had already been hanging there, the nails in his hand, the, the crowns of thorns uh, around his head, pushed down into his skin, into his skull, had been there for hours upon hours. He had already been beaten to death. He, he had already gone through major suffering. And we can see here, even when we look at that last final shot, Michael Jordan was gasping for air. He was tired, 45 points and drained. But when you understand that finishing, I want to say that again, uh, finishing is an attitude that is not often duplicated. Although we all have the grace to win, I want you to hear that. Although we all have a grace to win, not many possess the will and the mindset to finish with the ball in their hand. Jesus made a decision. Jesus makes a choice that he only wanted to have the ball in his hand. He did not want to give it to anybody else. He didn't want to give it to the angels. He didn't want to give it to his father. Uh, he didn't want to give it to the disciples. He didn't want to give it to uh, the Roman soldiers who were there. Um, he wanted to keep the ball in his hands because he understood that he was the finisher. 
That he was the only one that could finish this job. He was the only one that could accomplish. He was the only one that could die on the cross. And so he understood what it meant to finish strong. You guys always hear me say we've got to finish strong. But there are two things that, 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 that I want to point out in, in verses 28 and 29. That first one is uh, Jesus accomplishes what his father sent him to do. We can see that there. And knowing this, Jesus was very aware that he had come to the end of his assignment. I like what Jesus says here uh, in verse uh, 29. It says, and after this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished to fulfill the scripture, he said, I am thirsty. Jesus accomplishes, hear that, he accomplishes what his father sent him to do. His father sent him to do what? To preach the gospel, to minister the gospel, to heal the sick, turn water into wine, feed the 5,000, feed the 7,000, uh, to raise up the lame man who had been at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years, uh, to heal the paralytic man who had been dropped down through the roof, uh, to forgive the adulterous woman. Uh, 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 he'd done so many things but his assignment was to die on the cross his assignment was to go through a spirit or a place of a persecution a moment of rejection a, a moment where he felt like this cup was not for him and he asked God may this cup pass but he understood that I have to finish and in finishing I have to finish on a cross I like this to fulfill scripture because it says there in the scripture there, it says that right there, it says that um, in verse 28, it says that uh, uh, and after this, Jesus knowing that all things had already been accomplished to fulfill the scripture, to fulfill the scripture, to do what? In order to do that, in order that means that it was written in scripture that the scripture might be fulfilled and that the scripture might receive its final fulfillment. If you go through the scripture, if you study the Old Testament, you can see the prophecies that Jesus would fulfill scripture, that Jesus would come to fulfill, not abolish the law, but to fulfill the law what man could not do Jesus accomplishes on the cross he accomplishes this on the cross and at that moment he knows that he's at an end come on now he he knows that he's at a moment in his life uh, where it has to end uh, I like what Luke uh, 12 and 50 says in the Amplified Bible, it says, I have baptized. I have a baptism with which to be baptized. And how greatly am I distressed until it is accomplished. I want you to see that again. Uh, I have a baptism. Uh, I like what it says in the brackets there of great suffering. A baptism of great suffering with which to be baptized. And here it is. And how greatly am I distressed until it is 
accomplished. We can see here that Jesus was perplexed, that Jesus was in a moment where he was distressed. He was distressed, but he understood that his distress had to lead him to the finish line. He was distressed to the point that he understood that he had to have the mindset, that he had to have the will to keep the ball in his hand. Come on now, we can see that there were times where the, the priest and, and the soldiers were saying, uh, why don't you get down from the cross? If you are the king of the Jews, if you are who you say you are, then why don't you get down from the cross? Uh, why don't you reach up and take the nails out of your hand? Why don't you call the angels to come down and, and release you? But Jesus understood that he had to overcome, endure, and to conquer the distress moment so that scripture might be fulfilled but I like that word baptized when you look at that word baptized in the Greek uh, uh, baptisma metaphorically in the sense it means one who bears the affliction with one who is oppressed or overwhelmed so can I give it to you can I exegete that uh, right there in in Luke 12 and 50 uh, I am I have a baptism a great suffering I am overly overly Wound with affliction and oppression, but I understand that through my distress, I must accomplish the will of my Father. Are you seeing this? Jesus accomplishes the will of his Father. His Father sent him into the world that he would give his life. His father sent him into the world that he would give of his life, that he would sacrifice his life, that he would die on a cross. Come on now, with great suffering, with great embarrassment, with great shame in the eyes of those who were doing it. When we look at the life of Jesus Christ, this, this finishing part and this finishing moment of his life was not something that we laugh at. It's not something that we can take a meme of. It's, it's not something that we can sit up and joke about. Jesus says it clearly here. I have a baptism of great suffering. Come on now. Uh, with which to be baptized. And how greatly am I distressed until it is accomplished. Jesus' death on the cross was overwhelmingly a place of affliction and suffering. I like what it says here in Matthew 20 and 20. But Jesus replied, you do not realize what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup of suffering that I am about to drink? And they answered, we are able. Verse 23 of Matthew chapter 20. And he said to them, you will drink my cup of suffering. But to sit on my right and my left, this is not mine to give. But it is for those whom it has been prepared by my father. Come on now, look at this. Jesus replies to them because many of us ask for things that we are not prepared to have. Many of us want the suffering, but we don't want to drink what's in the cup. Come on now. Uh, many of us say that we're willing to be followers of Christ. Uh, I'll deny myself. I'll take up that cross and, and, and I'll follow you. But we're not willing to drink what's in the cup. 
The cup had already been prepared uh, centuries ago. The, the cup had already been prepared, and inside of this cup, it was a distasteful uh, 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 concoction, if we want to say that, uh, that God had put together. Come on now. It was full of sin. It was full of suffering. It was full of pain. It was full of guilt. It was full of denial, betrayal, mockery, persecution, sickness, disease, lies, wickedness, evil. Come on now. Uh, it was full of something that was distasteful to the taste of Jesus' natural senses. But Jesus says here, I know that you're willing to drink this cup, but uh, you can drink it all. But, but it's not up to me whether you sit on my right side or my left side. So I need you to understand that there is a suffering that I must endure. And I must endure it until the will of my Father is accomplished. I want to say something to you. You're going through some things in your life and you're enduring some things in your life. You've got to keep the ball in your hand. Come on now. You've got to fight to get the ball back. Come on now. Uh, you, there are 34 seconds left and you're down by two points. Come on now. And you've got to do whatever you need to do to get the ball out of your opponent's hand because you came here to win. I don't want a game seven. I want to close it out right here. It would be nice to go back home and win it in Chicago. It, it would be nice to have all of the things, but I want to close it out right here. I don't want to give the enemy another chance. Come on up. I don't, I don't want to give my opponent another two days to get rest and, and to come up with another scheme to defeat me. I've got to keep the ball in my hands. So in my distress, I've got to walk to the finish line. In my distress, I've got to push myself and will myself. I got to have the mindset to finish strong and to accomplish what my father sent me to do. My father sent me to stay on this cross until it was time for me to give up. My father sent me here to have him put nails in my hand. My father sent me here to have him put a spear in my side. My father sent me here so that they would laugh and talk about me. My father sent me here so that they would betray me. Come on now. Uh, they would talk about me. They would turn their backs on me. But I've got to accomplish the will of redemption for my father. I've got to accomplish what daddy asked me to do. I've got to be able to look my father in the face and say, it is finished. It is done. Jesus already knew that it was accomplished to fulfill scripture. Come on now. Your life is the fulfillment of scripture. Your destiny is is the fulfillment of scripture. Your promise is in the fulfillment of scripture. Your healing is in the fulfillment of scripture. The restoration of your family is in the fulfillment of scripture. It was in the fulfillment of Jesus' death and he accomplishes that on the cross in distress, in anguish, out of his natural mind. Come on now. But he had sense enough to understand if I get off this cross, the will of my father will be aborted. If I get off of this cross, I'll be just like Adam. If I get off of this cross, I'll be just like everybody else. But I've got to stay here until I accomplish and allow the scriptures to be fulfilled. 
Oh, I like this here. I like this here. In Luke 22 and 37, it says, For I tell you that this scripture, which is written, must be completed and fulfilled in me. And he was counted with the criminals. As a transgressor, come on now, I added that in there. Uh, for that which refers to me has its fulfillment and is settled. If you want to cross-reference that, you can go right to, come on, take your notes right there. You can go right to Isaiah 53 and 12, and it talks about him being counted as a transgressor. He never sinned, he never lied, but he became a transgressor. Come on now, for him to fulfill scripture, he had to become what he did not do. Oh, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. He had to take on what he did not bring on. Come on now. He had to become what he was not. Woo! He was not a thief. He was not a liar. Uh, uh, he was not a man that lived immoral, but he was counted as a criminal. Come on now. He was counted as a transgressor so that his life, the fulfillment of Scripture, would see Jesus as the Redeemer. Come on now. That's why when we call his name, there's power in his name. There is redemption in his name. There's resurrection in his name. Come on now. He'll lift you up out of a dead place. Why? Because there's power in his name. His name fulfills scripture. Come on now. His name calls scripture to become alive and to still be living and active today in your life. But you've got to see him as the fulfillment of scripture for your generation. The fulfillment of scripture for every addiction that you might be going through. Jesus finished it on the cross. Come on now. He finished it on the cross. He finished for you not to be a crack addict. He finished for you not to be a drug dealer. He finished for you not to be an abuser when you're beating your wife and you're beating your children. He finished the work and he fulfilled all scripture. That man would no longer be tied to his sin, be tied to wickedness, be tied to unrighteousness. He fulfills it by accomplishing the will of his father on the cross. Ah, come on now. Uh, Jesus is bigger than what you think he is. Come on now. Uh, uh, he's indescribable. Come on now. Uh, he's untamable. Come on now. He's high and lifted up. Uh, he's got all power in his hand. Come on now. He could have gotten down off the cross, but he understood that if I get down off the cross, I give up my ball. I give up my chance to take the last shot and to stand here in pose and to say, nobody can defeat me. Because I have accomplished all that my daddy said. Come on now. Come on, come on, come on now. Hallelujah. Come on, say Jesus is the finisher. Come on, say it out of your mouth. Say Jesus is the finisher. Not only does Jesus accomplish the will of his father, but then number two, Jesus finishes. He finishes with the certainty that his work and his assignment has come to a complete end. Uh, come on now. Uh, when you think about it, he accomplishes, uh, he accomplishes the goal. But many of us stop right there at our accomplishments. But Jesus said, I cannot stop at what I have accomplished, but I got to finish. Come on now. I got to close this thing out. Come on now. I got to take the last shot when everybody's watching. 
watching me. With all eyes on me, I've got to take the last shot. And I know that when I take the last shot, it's going in because I'm skillful enough to understand that all I got to do is just raise up and shoot the ball. Come on now. I've done it before and I can do it again. But Jesus not only accomplishes the will of his father, he closes the door. So that the door can never be opened again. He closes the door so that nobody can ever come back behind him and say that it was not true. Jesus finishes with the certainty that his work and his assignment has come to a complete end. Come on now. Uh, it's come to a complete end. I can't go back and retake the same bachelor's degree. I've already got that one. And so they close the door by conferring my degree. Come on now. When I get my doctor's degree I do a dissertation and they close the door oh, rabbi, ah, rabbi. I've been in chemo I've been in radiation for 20 weeks and when they close the door they let me walk out and they ring the bell and when I ring the bell it's a sign to the doctors that the door has been closed and I finished the work I've completed this it's no longer here there is an end to it I'm done Come on now. Jesus says, I'm done. Come on now. I'm done. I'm not retiring. I'm just done. Come on now. I'm done with this chapter. Jesus finishes to finish. That word in the Greek is teleo. It means to make an end, to accomplish, to execute, to conclude. I like this last one here. To discharge a debt. Come on now. When you think about it, to finish, teleo. It means to bring to an end, to accomplish something, to execute it, uh, and to conclude a matter. I want to bring this to a conclusion. I want to bring this to a close. I want to let you know something, that Jesus' death on the cross not only accomplishes the will of his father, it not only accomplishes what his daddy sent him to do, but Jesus said, when I finish this, I'm going to discharge the debt. Come on now, when you go look at your credit report, your spiritual credit report, it's going to say 800 and above. There ain't going to be no late fees. There ain't going to be no discharges, no bankruptcies. It's all taken care of. You can start clean today because I have discharged all of your debt. You're debt free, no longer bound to sin. Come on now, no longer bound to unrighteousness, no longer bound to malicious and covetousness living, no longer bound to living out of fellowship with your father. I have discharged the debt. I have finished the race. I have finished the course and I I am bringing this to an end and it shall be no more. There will be another that will die on the cross like me. There will never be another savior because when I go to the ground, I'll stay there three days and I'll get up with all power in my hand just to testify that I have fulfilled scripture. Come on now. Jesus finishes all that had to do with the sacrifices, uh, uh, the ritual systems of man seeking his own atonement through the work of the priest. Come on now. Uh, uh, come on now. In which they had to work consistently to provide atonement for man's sins by offering a burnt animal sacrifice in the place 
of mankind. Come on now. Uh, meaning that Jesus became the high priest and chief intercessor. I, I, I like what my good friend Brandon Owen says. Uh, he said that Jesus went all the way back uh, to the Old Testament and he finished what the priest could not finish. So Y'all don't understand. The priest had to always work. They had to always be available. One man, once a year, had to go into the Holy of Holies. He had to stay up 24 hours. They had to put a rope around his legs with bells on the bottom because if there was sin in his life, he died in the presence of God and they waited outside until they saw the right color of smoke. But Jesus goes back and he says, no longer will you have to work around the clock. No longer will you have to get up late at night and sacrifice for this and sacrifice for that. I am going to become the ultimate sacrifice. This is the last sacrifice. This is the last offering that you'll ever have to do because when I finish this, all you got to do is just stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand and just believe that I am, that I said that I am. I'm the risen Savior. I'm a living Savior. I'm full of all power. I finished. I finished. Game over. That's all you got to do. Come on. Clap your hands. Game is over. Jesus said, no longer do you have to bring an animal. No longer do you have to bring an ox. I have become the only chief high priest. Come on now. When you look at it, Jesus was just that cold. Come on now. Jesus, come on now. He did it with no help. Come on now. He did it with no aid. He did it all by himself. Come on now. But Michael Jordan, he had a team. Come on now. Kobe Bryant had a team. LeBron has a team. But Jesus had himself and his father. Come on now. And the Holy Ghost. But it was him on the cross. Come on now. He didn't have a team standing there saying, come on, push, push, baby. Come on, press, press, press. No, Jesus understood that I can only press. I am the only one that can redeem man for his sin. Come on. Are you hearing this? Come on, lift your hands. 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 What are you waiting on? Come on, son. Come on, stay with me. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Stay focused in this season. Come on now. The enemy wants you to just believe. Your flesh wants you to believe that Jesus was some joke. Jesus is real. Come on now. Check the record. There's nowhere that you can find this body. There's nowhere. Come on now. The tomb is still there. Come on now. See it for yourself. The tomb is still there. The only thing he left was, was a napkin. The napkin meant, I will return one day. And when I return, oh, Rabbi, hallelujah, I'm coming back for my church. I'm coming back for my bride. Come on now. I'm coming back for the redeemed of the Lord. I'm coming back for the believers. Come on now. It says there in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him uh, shall not perish, but have eternal life. I sent him, and God did not send him into the world that he might judge, condemn, to call you guilty. But God sent him 
so that we might be saved through him. Come on now. Hear that. Jesus never came to call you guilty. Jesus never came to put you in a box and to keep you there. Jesus never came to make a list of your sin. Jesus just came to say, you are forgiven. Behold, go and sin no more. Jesus came every time he healed somebody. He never kept a record of it. Every time he forgave, he didn't keep a record. Jesus came so that we might be saved through him. Jesus came to fulfill Scripture. He came to fulfill decades and centuries of an aborted relationship between God and mankind. Jesus is the greatest finisher that you and I can ever link up with. I want to tell you today that you, by giving your life, by accepting Christ into your life, you must believe that he is the only begotten son. The only way that you can be saved is that you must believe. Come on, I want to say this again because we want to begin to crush these walls. There's only one way to salvation. You must believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, not a prophet, the Son of God is the only way to Christ. Come on now. It is the only way that you and I can experience true redemption. Come on now. We want to crush the walls that we're so human-like that we can never be like God. The devil is a lie. The Bible says that he made us in his image and in his likeness. And because we were made in his image, come on now, he never made us in a fleshly image. He gave us a spiritual image. So that means that everything that I was created with, it was created to operate and to walk with the spirit likeness of God. Come on now. I know that this sounds, I know that this sounds different because the New Age teaching says uh, that, that we were made to be human. No, 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 no. We were made to be Christ-like. Come on now. We were made to be Christ agents in the earth. We were made to be God-like agents in the earth earth I said God like come on now when you're God like come on now that means that you have the likeness that means that you have attributes that means that God has placed himself in you and that means that you can live holy and means that you can live righteousness. that means that you can live a consecrated life that is dedicated to all dedicated to always pleasing God come on now don't doubt it don't doubt it come on now don't doubt it. That was the failure of Adam and Eve. They didn't understand that they had the likeness of God. And all they needed to do was ask for forgiveness. All they needed to do was humble themselves and not clothe themselves. Every time you clothe yourself, every time you hide from God, every time you run away, you're creating another veil that was broken for you. Jesus finishes on the cross by renting the veil once and for all. 
And in three days, he restores the temple. Come on now. What are you talking about, Pastor? I want to end right here with this. Uh, uh, Jesus restores this. I, I want you to hear this. He restores this in Hebrews 9. Come on now. In Hebrews 9. I'm, I'm going to close this right here. Hebrews 9, starting at verse 8. By this the Holy Spirit points out the way into true, into the true holy of holies is not yet thrown open as long as the former and the outer portion of the tabernacle remains a recognized institution and is still standing. Verse number 9, seeing that the first outer portion of the tabernacle was a parable, a vision or symbol or type of picture of the present age. In it, gifts and sacrifices are offered and yet are incapable of perfecting the conscious or of cleansing and renewing the inner man of the worshiper. Did y'all hear that? Jesus is talking about that the, that the, that the tabernacle that we've been worshiping for years, it was never capable of causing man to ever be free. Come on now. It, it gave man an atonement. But it can't do what I can do. Come on now. It was just a visible symbol, a type of picture of present age. But it was never supposed to become who I am. When we look at this here in verse number 10, it says, For the ceremonies deal only with clean and unclean meats and drinks and different washings, mere external rules and regulations for the body imposed to tie the worshiper over until the time of setting things straight, of reformation of the complete new order when Christ the Messiah, come on now, shall establish the reality of what these things foreshadow, a better covenant. Jesus came to fulfill and to give us a better covenant. Come on now. A covenant where we wouldn't have to work for redemption. A covenant, Linda, where we wouldn't have to work for our own atonement. All you got to do is live through me. Come on, think about that. A better covenant. Come on now, verse number 11. But that appointed time came when Christ the Messiah appeared as a high priest of better things that have come and are to come. Then through the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with human hands that is not part of this material creation. Come on, let's stay here. Verse number 12. And he went once and for all into the holy of holies of heaven, not by virtue of blood of goats or calves, by which to make reconciliation between God and man, but his own blood, come on, listen to that, but his own blood, having found and secured a complete redemption, an everlasting release for us. Verse number 12, verse number 13 says, For if the mere sprinkling of unholy and defiled persons with blood of goats and bulls and with the ashes of a burnt heifer is, is sufficient for purification of the body, 
surely, come on now, how much more in verse number 14, how much more surely shall the blood of Christ who by virtue of his eternal spirit, his own, listen at the word, pre-existent divine personality has offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice to God. Purified our consciousness from the dead works and lifeless observations to serve the ever-living God. Here it is, verse 15. Christ the Messiah is therefore the negotiator and mediator of an entirely new agreement a testament, a covenant. Come on now. So that those who are called and offered, it may receive the fulfillment and the promise of everlasting inheritance. Since a death has taken place, hear this, which rescues and delivers and redeems them from the transgressions committed under the old first agreement. Did you hear that? I need you to really understand that. Jesus explains why he needed to rebuild the tabernacle because it was not good enough to redeem man back to its original intent, its original likeness. The, the old tabernacle could never redeem man back to his original place, the likeness, the image the character of God. Come on now. Come on now. It could only make an atonement. It, it could only hold us over until the following year. But it was not good enough. But it was good enough that it allowed God to sit his only begotten son to give us a new covenant. The new covenant means that we are free of sin. That you and I no longer have to live in sin. And because we believe that he is the only begotten son, that we no longer sin. I'm going to leave that right there. Come on now. Jesus came to redeem us from all sin. From all sin. Anything that looks like or smells like sin. Jesus does three things on the cross. He achieves his goal to fulfill scripture. Number two, he acknowledges the work that his work on earth is finished. And he accepts that his father's will and the fulfillment of scripture by doing this, the last thing, by bowing his head as an act of worship in honor of his father. Jesus accomplishes what he was sent to do. He finishes by bringing it to a conclusion. And then he worships his father by bowing his head in reverence and adoration. Finishing is an attitude that is not often duplicated. Although we all have the grace to win, not many of us possess the will and the mindset to finish with the ball in our hands. All I want to say here is that Jesus finished with the ball in his hand. Come on, lift your hands. He finishes 
with the ball. <laughs> I like that, Gwen. With the ball in his hand. All I want to say, the ball in his hand. Come on, let's just worship for a few minutes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Worship right there. And you never will, never will. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. I am free. Praise the Lord. I'm free. No longer bound. Yes, Lord. No more chains holding me. Yes, Lord. Cause my soul is resting. Soul is resting. It's just a blessing. Just a blessing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, praise Him right there. Come on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm free. Come on now. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. I've been washed. Hallelujah. Hey. Hallelujah. I'm free. I'm no longer condemned. I'm no longer guilty. Hallelujah. By the power of Jesus Christ. My life is free. My children are free. My mind is Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to encourage each and every one of you. Don't be the person that just has the grace to win. But choose to be the Christ agent in the earth. I'm reminded of I'm reminded of the late Bishop Eddie Long. He would teach us that we are Christ in the earth. 
<laughs> that we're just not ambassadors, but we are Christ in the earth. And so I don't want you to choose to just be finished, to be a finisher because you have the grace to win. But I want you to choose to be a Christ-like agent in the kingdom of God that has the mindset, the behavior of a living and breathing Christ that keeps the ball in their hand. What's the ball? The Word of God. Come on, the ball is the Word of God. The ball is his, is, is his faith. Come on now. It's salvation. It's redemption. It's reconciliation. It's transformation. Come on now. The Word of God, the power of the Holy Ghost, the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. Come on now. The infilling of the Holy Ghost. Come on now. Signs, wonders. Come on now. Miracles for the unbeliever. Come on. Keep the ball in your hand, Rock Church. Come on now. Keep the ball in your hand, Brittany. Come on. Keep the ball in your hand, James. Come on. On, keep the ball in your hand come on now keep it in your hand come on now you might be struggling and going through but remember that you can do the same as Jesus he said that in my distress I am distressed until I have accomplished the fulfillment of the scripture you don't have to walk in anguish you don't have to live in distress Keep the ball in your hand and don't let it go. The word of God, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Come on now. Who? And he never will, he never will. And he never will, he never will. And he never will, he never will. Yes, Lord. So, Father, we lift our hands and we just commit to finishing. And we commit to your finished work. We commit to holding the ball, the word of God, the sword, which is my protection my nourishment it's my food it's my drink Father I thank you that the fire of God remains upon us if you desire to give your life to Jesus Christ today the one who's finished the work for you all you simply have to do is just believe that he is the only begotten son that he died on the cross and he rose again, believing, confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart, your spirit, that Jesus is the only way that your life will change. I pray this over your life. If you didn't have a chance to give on today, I want you to take time and offer your tithe. Bring your tithe. I want you to give your offering and then I want you to sow your love seed. We believe that your giving matters. We love you. We're preparing right now, Sunday, June 5th. <laughs> the day of Pentecost. We're celebrating all day 
10 a.m., 7.30, Holy Communion and Worship. We're going to bring in Pentecost with a moment of worship that's going to change our city, that's going to change our state and the region of this area. Keep us in your prayers. We love you. He's able to do all that you need him to do exceedingly above all that you could ever think or imagine. He's already done it. It's already been fulfilled in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Come on, just enjoy this worship moment. Peace to the family, peace to the bishop, and peace to us all. Come on, take us out, Sharma. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God, cause he won't give up on you. He's able. Oh, oh, oh. He's able. He's able.